Well, all right, guys, y'all can be seated. How you guys doing tonight? Good. My name is Garrett. Uh, I'm the college ministry assistant here at the church, and it's my honor and privilege to serve you guys each and every week. And you're probably thinking, he sounds like he's sick. I have been sick these past couple of days, but I'm feeling great. Just drank a Celsius, so I'm feeling really, really good. <laughs> but before, before we get started, guys, are y'all excited for summer series? Yes. It's like my favorite time of the year. Uh, volleyball tournaments next week. That's my, that's my favorite. Last year, uh, we didn't do too well. We lost in the semifinals, uh, but it wasn't my fault. It was my team's fault. All my team's fault. But hey, guys, summer series is going to be so so awesome. We got slip and slide kickball. We got worship night. We have the Hills College prom, y'all. This is like legit prom, like legit. So. Break out your old prom dresses. Go to the tuxedo shop. It's going to be awesome. But guys, I wanted to share with you guys something tonight that I've been walking through the past year, the past couple months. And see, I don't have a, a bank of knowledge to fall back on because I haven't been doing this thing too long. So I like to, when I like to, when I preach, I like to speak on things that I'm walking through right now. And Brian asked me to prepare a message about two weeks ago, and I prepared something that it kind of felt God moving me in a different direction. But this idea for this message came from a conversation that I had with one of my mentors. You guys know Pastor Kim. Me and Pastor Kim meet each and every week, and we just talk about all kinds of different things. We like to talk about theology and spiritual things. And he asked me a question one day, and I didn't know the answer to it. He said, Garrett, how do you fight against sin? How do you kill sin in your life? And I sat back in my chair, and I said, how do you kill sin? And I was thinking, trying to think about something I learned in Bible college, and I was like, uh, you just stop, right? He said, not really. But that brought me back to a time in my life when I was a young teenager, and I just kind of thought that one day that my relationship with God would just magically get better, and my, I would magically just want to pray more, and I would just magically want to wake up at 5 in the morning, do my quiet time, and stop sinning without doing anything at all. But what I realized, and this is our main thought tonight, is that when it comes to fighting sin, we have to be intentional. Really, with anything in our spiritual life, if you want to grow with your relationship with God, if you want to do anything, you have to be intentional. You have to be disciplined. You have to work. And my mentor shared with me a few scriptures about how to fight sin, and I've been walking through these scriptures daily, every single day. And let me tell you guys, they work. Ever since I was a young teen, I've struggled with lust and pornography, and I apply these truths to my life, and I've had victory in the past, but I've had real victory over sin in my life, and this is something I have to apply to my life every single day. And y'all, fighting sin is it's tough. It's not easy. Satan knows exactly what to throw your way to entice your flesh, and again, it is hard. Nobody ever said this Christian walks a cakewalk. It takes intentionality, but it is worth it, guys, because all sin does is drags you down. It keeps you from your God-given purpose. It robs you of joy, robs you of peace, makes you spiritually powerless. So sin robs you of those things. So we have to understand our fight. We have to understand what we are up against and how to find victory over sin. So I've titled this message, Battle Ready, the Blueprint to Killing Sin. Now, you might be in the crowd and you're thinking like, 
You know, why does this matter to me? What is this dude even talking about? I'm in college. I'm enjoying my life. I don't really want to hear this stuff. But I love what Scottish theologian David Brown says. He says, if you don't kill sin, it will kill you. And see, guys, sin has just a very special way of getting into our lives and distorting our minds, our life, our emotions. It has a special way of just coming in and just killing us, not literally killing us, but draining us, distorting our mind, our emotions. I love what Plato, Plato's not even a Christian, but he understood this truth. He said, sin is a disease, a deformity, and a weakness. So how can somebody who does not even believe in Christ understand this truth? Guys, sin will derail your life. I'll get vulnerable for a second. Like I said before, I've struggled with pornography. I've struggled with lust. And for years and years and years, I could hear those lies in my head saying, you know, Garrett, it's not that big of a deal. You're single. You're not married. God will understand. Just do it again. Do it again. And that Satan lied over and over to me, and it derailed my life, derailed my emotions, derailed my my mindset, how I view women. And for years, I was fed those lies. And I wish I would have listened to my, my youth pastors back in that day. But to this day, I'm still recovering and renewing my mind from what my sins did to me in my past. Again, our sin robs us of intimacy with God. It robs us of joy. It'll ruin your ministry. I love what Pastor Bill says all the time. He says, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. But y'all, we have to understand that God knows this. He knows the damages and consequences of sin. That's why he gave us the word of God. The, the Bible's not a list of rules. The Bible's not don't do this, don't do that. God in his infinite wisdom, his sovereignty, knows the damages in sin that sin will do to you. And he says, don't go there. My way is so, so much better. Charles Spurgeon says that sin will enter your life as a beggar, but then rule as a tyrant. See, we let sin in. We just say, it's one, one sip. It's one look. It's one click. But then we find ourselves stuck in an addiction. It's stuck. We let a little bit in, and soon it rules our lives. And y'all, our main call, also our main call as Christians is that when we become Christ followers, our main call is to put to death sin, to become more like Christ. Pastor Brian says it all the time. He says, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are, who you are becoming. Romans 12, 1 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So to offer your bodies means to put to death sin, to put to death the deeds of the flesh. John 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Not that you will never sin, but the trajectory of your life is fighting sin, overcoming sin. And then when you do sin, which you will, I sin all the time. When you do sin, you run to God and say, God, I'm so sorry. 
Will you please change my heart, renew my spirit, create in me a clean and pure heart? Our main call as Christians is to put to death sin. And y'all, we often spend a, a great deal of anxiety trying to find God's will for our life. I remember as a teen sitting in bed just so anxious about trying to find God's will. Should I go to this school? Should I date this girl? Should I go to this job? And I was so paralyzed by anxiety. But Matt Chandler says it so well. He says in his sermon that God's will is not these big picture things. God's will is following the word of God every single day. Putting to death sin, walking with the spirit every single day. That is God's will for your life. And then when we do those things, when we walk with the spirit daily, when we put to death sin, God will reveal those big picture things to us. We can't hear from God when we're deep in sin. So we have to follow God's will, which is his word every single day. So with all that being said, y'all, I could go, we could spend a whole night talking about the damages of sin. It robs you of so, so much. Robs you of your intimacy with God, makes you spiritually powerless, so, so much. And we have to kill it. And again, our calling as Christians is to put to death sin. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. So that I let you guys know a little bit about sin and why we need to kill it, how do we do it? I'm going to share with you guys three scriptures, and really these three scriptures could be sermons in themselves. They're so good. But just for time's sake, I'm going to dive into these real quickly and see how these all play together. You have to do all. They all play together. And before we dive in, all that I'm going to say tonight is under the umbrella of community. Y'all, we have to have community if we are to overcome sin, sin will grow in secret, but it will be put to death in light. We have to have those people in our lives that hold us accountable, who challenge us to grow, to call us out when we're wrong, and to encourage us every single day. I have two guys in my life who I walk with daily, like literally every day. I either text them or call them and say, I'm struggling with this. Will you please pray for me? This is the sin I'm battling Will you please pray for me? And I'll follow up with them every single day. Let them know how I did. Sometimes I do good. Sometimes I do bad. But I have those people in my life who hold me accountable. Pastor Jonathan Pakluda says it so well. He says, sometimes we have blind spots to our sin. We don't, we don't even know some of the sin we have in our life. But we have those people who lovingly come up to us and say, hey, Garrett, you didn't talk to that person the right way. Or, hey, Garrett, you should not be looking at that on your Instagram. We have to have those people in our lives to go to battle with. So I would encourage you guys to find those people. And the first person I want to look at is in Romans chapter 8. And this verse is found in the context where the, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about the flesh. And what the flesh is is basically our old sinful ways, our old sinful desires. You might have heard it called sinful nature. And in the part of this letter, Paul talks about how we are not controlled by our flesh, but now if you call yourself a Christian, you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 14. It says, 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now, I really want to focus in on verse 13. It says, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you put to death the flesh, you will live. And just think about it for one second. When we become Christians, we receive the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And think about this. We have the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead living with us. That's crazy. We have that power to access. And along with many other roles that the Holy Spirit has in our lives, one of his roles is to put to death sin or the misdeeds of the body, like that verse says. John Elmore says it really well. He says, we call on God to do what we can't do, what we don't have the power to do. Sin is a supernatural problem that demands a supernatural answer. I love what he says. He says, we call on God to do what we can't do, what we don't have the power to do. And the truth, y'all, is within our own strength, our own power, we cannot put to death sin. We can fight sin a little bit, but we can only do so much. But we do have a role to play, and we'll get to that in a second. But we, by the Spirit, have to put to death the misdeeds of the body. We need supernatural health. Help, excuse me. I love what Romans 8 says. Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. That's the Spirit's job, to help us in our weakness, to put to death sin. So I don't know where you are right now in your walk. I don't know what sins you might be struggling with. Maybe you're in an addiction. Maybe you're, you're in a rut. And I tell you this in the most loving way possible is that you are not strong enough to battle sin on your own. I am not strong enough to battle sin on my own. I don't know what I'd do without the Spirit's power. We can only do so much, but we need the Holy Spirit. And I promise you guys, the sooner that you understand this, the more and more victory you will find over sin each and every day. So our first point tonight is we have power through the Holy Spirit. And the great news is, is that God, the Holy Spirit, is just waiting on us to ask for it. The Holy Spirit delights when we humbly come before him and say, God, I'm not strong enough to fight this sin. Within my own strength, I cannot overcome this. Will you please strengthen me? Will you put to death sin in my life. And we've got to do this every single day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Not pray in every single moment, but your, but your day should be defined by prayer. I put a reminder on my phone to go off like every two hours to just says pray, because I would forget if I didn't have that reminder. And I just take a few moments to just say, God, will you strengthen me today? Will you put to death sin in my life? Will you give me the power to do this? Will you give me the willingness to do this? We have power, guys, through the Holy Spirit. 
We just have to ask for it through prayer. Now, this truth is just part of the puzzle. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Y'all read that with me, okay? So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So how do we access this power? How do we put to death sin? We walk by the Spirit every single day. Now, you might be thinking, walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? Do I have to walk with somebody every day? No, walking by the Spirit means daily, daily filling your mind with Scripture and letting it change you. Daily going to God in prayer and asking for strength, asking for healing, asking for restoration. Daily doing the things of God, serving. Daily listening to worship music. All these things, make them a habit. And verse 16 says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Theologian John Scott says it very well. He says, the more we make habit of saying no to our sinful nature and yes to the Spirit, the more the ugly works of the flesh will disappear and the delightful fruits of the Spirit will take their place. So the more we say no to sin, the more we access power from the Holy Spirit. The more we read and meditate on Scripture, let it fill our minds, we access power from the Holy Spirit. I was talking to Pastor Ken about this topic, and he said, you have to remove every single thing, every single impediment, from the Holy Spirit working in your life to access that power. So we have to walk by the Spirit and put to death sin. Andrew Fuller says it really cool. He says, sin is to be overcome not so much by maintaining a direct opposition to it, but by cultivating opposite principles. If you wish to kill weeds in your garden, plant it with good seed. If you wish to fight fire, do the opposite. We have to cultivate opposite things from the flesh. So you, every single day you have to, instead of doing this, I do that. Cultivate those opposite things. And this means, guys, again, daily, daily we have a quiet time. I don't want to make a law where there's not one, but there's something about arising early in the morning that's different. We see in Scripture that Jesus arose early to go to the mountain and pray. We see Daniel in the Old Testament go to his upper room early, early in the morning to pray. And y'all, I know this hard. This is hard. I am not a morning person, okay? They say that joy comes in the morning. I don't know so much about that, okay? Joy is not what I, ha what I have when I have to wake up. But I've made it, I've tried to make it as easy as possible for me to get up in the morning. So I put my alarm clock in my bathroom, my phone downstairs. So I have to get up out of my bed, turn my alarm clock off. Aaron Burgess graciously gave me a mini fridge the other day. So I've got my mini fridge stocked up with Celsius's monster coffee. So I turn off my alarm, grab a Celsius, drink it, and I'm ready to go. And I've made a space in my room with a chair 
Got a nice lamp right there, all my books. I've made it as easy as possible for me to get up and do my quiet time because I don't want to a lot. But our power, guys, our power to overcome sin comes from our time spent with God in prayer and scripture. If I don't have my quiet time, if I'm not praying, the flesh will slowly, not slowly, really take over. If I don't have that, my old sinful desires will come back and take over. But remember that quote, if we do not kill sin, it will kill us. Guys, we have to be intentional and disciplined when it comes to walking by the Spirit. This is an everyday thing. Every single day we have to walk by the Spirit. We have to be in our word. Let it saturate and fill our minds. We have to daily be crying out to God saying, God, I need your strength. I need your power. If, it's, if I don't, I will fail. It's a daily thing. So if we want to kill sin, we have to, one, understand where our power comes from. It comes by, through the Holy Spirit, through asking, saying, God, please help me. Please give me strength. Number two, we have to daily walk by the Spirit. We have to do both of these things, y'all. We want to kill sin in our life. And last but not least, let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 through 30. It says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. And you might be like, what in the world? Does that mean Jesus was not actually telling us to cut off our hand or gouge out our eye? But what Jesus was telling us is that we have to do everything in our power, in our strength, to fight sin. That's our third point. We have to do everything in our power to fight sin. Now, as we've learned, if we don't have the power to kill sin, the flesh will take over. But we have to do everything. We have a responsibility in this. We do have a little bit of power when it comes to this. We have to be intentional. We have to do these things to access that power. We have a part to play. This also means creating environments where we are not tempted, where we have to cut off things from our life. Like I said, I struggled with pornography for a long, long time. And I had to cut off some things to overcome this sin. I had to put my phone downstairs. I got off social media for two years. I put so many boundaries and accountability things on my phone. I had to cut off some things in my life. I did everything in my power to do that. J.P. Precluded, one of my favorite pastors, he, when he counsels young men with pornography addictions, he says, I know they will succeed from the steps they take to cut off things from their life. Guys, we have to create environments where we are not tempted. Because there might be a point in time in your life where you're not strong enough. Craig Rochelle did a sermon on this. He said, this is a pastor, y'all. Like a mega church, like 
man of God. He says, I have so much boundaries on my phone. I have so many filters on my phone. Not that I struggle with this, but I might be weak one day. I might not have the strength to say no. Y'all know Craig Rochelle. This dude's like amazing. And I heard that and I was like, wow, if this man will do that, I need to do that. So we have to do everything in our power to fight sin. We do have a little bit of power, but we also have responsibility to ask for power from the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that we can kill it. That's the only way that we can overcome. It takes discipline. It takes action. It takes intentionality on our part. Because if we don't kill sin, if we don't actively go to war against sin, it will kill us. John Elmore, in his book, Freedom Starts Today, it's a great resource, by the way. It's a 90-day devotional book challenge. But he says, he gives an illustration of killing the mosquitoes. And in the book, he says that they live in Texas, and we know this good and well, that it gets hot down here in the south, and the mosquitoes are everywhere. And he came home from work one day, and his wife said, honey, we got to do something about these mosquitoes. They're tearing up our kids. And John said, okay, honey, we'll, we'll do something. But his, his first initial thought was, what am I going to do about thousands and thousands of mosquitoes in my yard? What can I do to get rid of these mosquitoes? And he thought, all right, I need some help from somewhere else. So he called the, the bug company. He's like, look, y'all, I, I need these mosquitoes out of my yard. And he, they said, we'll be down there in a day. And he thought, I mean, what, they, they're not going to get all the mosquitoes out of my yard. But the next day, all the mosquitoes were gone. And they said, hey, if you see another mosquito in your yard, call us. We'll come put some more stuff out. A few days later, he saw another mosquito. They came out. No more mosquitoes. And that's a great picture of how the Holy Spirit works in our life. That the mosquitoes in our life, the, the, the sin in our life sucks life out of us. It destroys our life, and we cannot do anything. We cannot kill the sin in our life. We need help from somewhere else. We need help from the Holy Spirit. So guys, tonight, again, I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe you're right in the middle of an addiction. Maybe you're just battling pride, anger, jealousy, but this is how we kill sin, by the power of the Holy Spirit, where daily we are crying out to God. Daily we are in our Bibles. Daily we are having our quiet time. That is where our strength comes from, guys. We cannot do it on our own. So I would encourage you guys, apply this to your life. I wish I knew it a lot sooner. I'd be so, so far ahead in my life if I knew this sooner. And I'm done, Nathan. You can come back up. We're talking about sin. And the truth is, is that our sin, it separates us from holy God. Our sin deserves wrath, deserves judgment, deserves anger from holy God because he's holy and righteous. He cannot be in the presence of sin. 
God cannot be God unless he judges sin. He couldn't be good unless he judged sin. But God is also a God of love. And he proved his love to you by sending Jesus Christ onto this earth, where for 33 years he lived a sinless life, did nothing wrong. He healed the sick, cleansed the leopards, leopards, lepers. He did amazing things, but he was put on a cross. The sinless lamb of God was put on a cross. He wasn't a victim, but he was a volunteer. He wanted to go to the cross for your sake. And on that cross, when he was hanging on there, God poured all his wrath, his anger, his judgment for your sins and my sins on to Jesus Christ. See, y'all, we should have been the ones on that cross. I should have been on that cross. He paid the price for us. He was the perfect sacrifice on our behalf. And the great news is, is that he was put in the tomb, but three days later he rose again. Defeated death, defeated sin, and now he's sitting at the right hand of God. And he remains the only way we can be reconciled with God. Sinless man, a sinful man reconciled to holy God. So I want to ask you something. Has there ever been a time and place where you've surrendered your life to Jesus? Has there ever been a time and place where you've trusted in his sacrifice on the cross as payment for your sins? Has there ever been a time? 99% sure is 100% lost, guys. He's the only way. He's the only way. If you want to say that prayer, we're going we're to pray in a second. If you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, if you want to place your faith in Jesus, y'all repeat this prayer after me. Y'all bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm a sinful person. Lord, I know that my sin separates me from you. And I know there's nothing that I can do to be made right with you, God. But right now, I place my faith and trust on the sacrifice you made on the cross. I place my faith and trust that you are the only way, Jesus, I can make it to heaven. God, I promise you to follow you the rest of the days of my life and repent from my old sinful ways. And all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you said that prayer, I want you to raise your hand. I want to see you. If you said that prayer, just slip up your hand. God bless you. Now, guys, as we stand up, you can open your eyes and stand. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you as you walk out these doors. Y'all bow your heads again. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we would all in here right now understand our brokenness, our sinfulness. Lord, I pray that we would all in this room rely on the Holy Spirit to put to death sin in our lives. 
pray that you would give us the power and the strength to walk by your spirit every single day. You would give us a hatred of sin, that you would make us willing to obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray.